Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that actually has a second story. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the, the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode every week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode number 74, covering series 5, episode 11, The Lodger. This is the one where the Doctor and Amy get separated and the Doctor has to find a roommate. He finds a room on the bottom floor of a one-story building whose top floor is actually a wannabe TARDIS. Remember that one? Trip does for the series. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, story number 211, originally airing June 12th, 2010, to 6.44 million viewers. Oh, the numbers just are so dropping. dropping. It's just, it's just dropping. Sad. Like, what's with you, Doctor Who? Like, I don't know. This on. one uh, was written by Gareth Roberts. Uh, you may remember that name, maybe not. I don't know. Um, he wrote The Shakespeare Code. Um, he also wrote The the Unicorn and the Wasp. Um, and I just, just a side note, The Shakespeare Code is still, oddly, our most downloaded episode. It is, uh, it is losing, it is losing the, the race here. There's something that's catching up to it. I can't remember off the top of my head which episode. Uh, but for some reason, The Shakespeare Code has been our number one downloaded episode for like <laughs> <Yeah>. a year. <laughs> just, I think like it's basically like, since we made it. I think it's The Shakespeare Code wrote... Rose and our intro episode. Yeah, something yes. like that. It's I like think that. Rose is catching up to it slowly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad everybody enjoyed the Shakespeare Code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this uh, Gareth Roberts also did a couple of other uh, Doctor Who episodes, but he also did a lot of Sarah Jane Adventures. So um, I think we've got a couple more episodes coming up that he has written uh, that we'll we'll see in the next couple of seasons. And this one was also directed by Catherine Mooreshead under uh, miscellaneous trivia. This is this is weird, guys. This is the first New Who episode to have the Doctor refer to the number of his incarnation. Does that sound... Was that phrased weird? Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. So in other words, remember when he did the headbutt mind meld yeah. with Craig? And then he said, uh, Craig says, oh. oh, you're the... And then he points to his face and says, 11th. Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> that is the first time in New Who... <clears throat> Any of the doctors has actually said their number. So it's like, so it's confirmed. We know that yes. this it's the thirteenth doctor. It's Correct. confirmed. Correct. And uh, yes, Whovians, I hear you. There's there's discontinuity there with partial regenerations and hidden forgotten regenerations. Yes, I know. Uh, so, but at any rate, uh, we'll we'll probably get to some of those someday. But this is the first time it actually happened. So, like Trip said, confirmed. Uh, the 11th. Now, though it is a total coincidence, it is funny that the doctor goes out in, and is an absolute beast at football because, and Corbin, Corbin was laughing that, you know, he got, he was like, I think I'm good at football and then went out there and destroyed yeah. everyone. That's the one with sticks, right? And then right. just <laughs> yeah. annihilated. Where are you strongest? Arms. <laughs> like, no, what position? I don't know. Side, front, beneath uh, yeah <laughs> that's great um that's all hilarious because matt smith was actually on his way to becoming a pro footballer before a a back injury forced him uh kind of out of football and he ended up focusing more on acting as a result but like this guy was like going pro so mm -hmm. when you see him doing Kicking, those moves doing out there that, on the he's field actually doing that. yeah yeah oh. no stunt man involved there like he's, he goes out there and, and like they could have done it with like fancy camera cuts and weird angles just showing the feet but they didn't have to this guy knew his stuff now the funny thing is it it is a coincidence 
the first time I I heard about this sort of tie-in, I thought, oh, they they did this to kind of like give Matt Smith a chance to like do his thing and show off or whatever. Apparently not. So first of all, this episode was adapted <clears throat> from a comic story that, of all things, featured featured ten and Mickey Smith, <clears throat> who, if memory serves, uh, did they ever meet? They did, didn't they? I think they did. They did. They didn't one adventure, like the end game of... Right, Doctor right, yeah, yeah. The Marvel Avengers thing, yeah. Um, but <laughs> there, this, this basic idea was originally a comic story with Ten and Mickey, and then they were, they were going to adapt it into uh, an actual mm-hmm. TV episode. And that adaptation... Uh, so, so, so the guy, uh, Gareth, uh, Gareth Roberts, who wrote this episode, he wrote the comic. And then he was adapting it into a screenplay for the show before Matt Smith was even cast as the Doctor, okay. as the Eleventh Doctor. So he, uh, the the whole soccer thing is just an awesome coincidence where Matt Smith again kind of got to got to show off because apparently they did the same thing in the comic just with with ten. So uh, fun times there uh, for the cast. We had. Uh, well, let me let me do these in in the opposite order that I have here on the notes. Uh, so you had Sophie, right? The uh, the the uh, lady uh, uh, Craig's eventual girlfriend. Uh, she's played by Daisy Haggard, and this was the most interesting um, IMDb thing I've ever seen. IMDb, you go on and and it'll say uh, Daisy Haggard, born this date in this city, uh, is well known for, and then it'll list the movies that people tend to think of when you think of that actor, right? Mm-hmm. So they've been in a hundred films, but what are the big ones that they're really known for, right? And it had her <clears throat> as being known for being in the Harry Potter movies. And I was <gasps> like, wow, wait, what? <laughs> I don't recognize her at all. Right, right. So I, I scrolled through and she's in two of the movies. She's in Deathly Hallows 1. And then mm-hmm. I can't remember the other one, maybe Order of the Phoenix. And I was like, mm. I don't remember her at all. Like, like, <laughs> but but there was like a bazillion characters in the Harry Potter movie. Yes. So I, it's you know, uh, so I I clicked on it and she plays the voice of the lift at the Ministry of Magic. Of course, uh, she's the elevator chime that goes floor one or whatever. And like, people I, I don't remember this. Well, no, IMDb <laughs> just lists like everything you've ever done, basically. But yeah, uh, well, no, that's that's the thing is that's where the algorithm failed. So she's quote, well-known for being in there. What that means is that's the she's most popular in, movie yeah, that popular she happens movie. to have a credit in. <laughs> that's what that really means. I don't think anybody remembers Daisy Haggard. You mean the lift voice from Harry Potter? I oh, recognize cool. that oh, voice yeah. anywhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She was in like, like three oh, seconds of two Harry like, Potter movies. Like, that's like, like my six words shot. of like, I would love I to be that. So slightly more well-known, to, to at least to us. Yeah, Daisy Haggard has done lots of other things, but that was uh, I didn't recognize any of it. It's all British stuff, and uh, this one just stood out and made me laugh. However, Craig Owens is played by James Corden, who at the time was a fairly well-known British actor, right? But maybe not as well-known here in the States. He has since become the host of The Late Late Show, which is where you end up with the carpool karaoke segment. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. The, I, and I'm sure you've all seen a million. What are the what are the ones that y'all remember? Like the big carpool karaoke. Um, I think he did one with Michelle Obama, yeah, with which Michelle. was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like on the grounds of the White House to pick her up. I'm like, what is <laughs> happening he was right like, now? 
I can't believe that they actually gave me clearance to do this. Oh, I really? just remember watching him as he was like so nervous going in here. It's funny. There's another show called um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> and he, he did Barack Obama. <laughs> and and the, that that is the same kind of thing where normally he'll drive to the comedian's house and pick him up and then there's cameras in the car and they talk on the way to getting coffee and then they're drinking coffee and talking. And this one, they literally just drove around the White House. <laughs> they didn't leave. <laughs> they didn't go out of the gate. They just drove around the White House for the oh, entire, I think, for the entire driving segment and then pulled back up to the White House and went inside the White House. <laughs> <laughs> to, have to have coffee, if I remember correctly. That's so. great. At any rate, uh, so James Corden not only hosted The Late Late Show, but actually apparently a very close friend of Matt Smith, which ended up that these two guys were just big jokesters on the set of doing this episode. And so uh, there's some stuff in the, in the Doctor Who Confidential we, we didn't get a chance to watch, uh, but apparently there there's a, a blip in the Confidential on this episode about the two of them getting up to all kinds of shenanigans mm-hmm. on set and that kind of thing. So... We'll have to we'll have to see if we can check that out some other time, and I will go ahead and say it's I don't, I don't think it's really a spoiler. We're gonna see Craig and Sophie again. Oh. They 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 are gonna pop up again, and I uh, as much as spoiler alert, I loved this episode. Uh, the next one with with Craig is is just hilarious. I, it might even be funnier than this one. Uh-huh. Um, so and, and it's a it's kind of again, it's not exactly the same where this one, the doctor is trying to be quote, a normal bloke because the next time Craig knows who he is. Mm-hmm. So he's not having so to does Sophie, him. right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still some like, I love seeing the doctor trying to live normal life. <laughs> yeah. Like, like in Amy's choice when they're just sitting on the bench and he's like, Oh, this is a nice bench. <laughs> Here, have so, some rent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite line from this episode. Here, have some rent. All right, guys. Noobs in the Hoopian is brought to you, as always, by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Um, we have a special deal just for Noobs in the Hoovians, Noobs and the Hoovian listeners. I almost said Noobs and the Hoovians. Uh, use the code... Oh. Noobs, noobs. <laughs> to get 15% off your entire order. See, my flub messed you guys up. Uh-huh. Uh, guys, uh, you, you know the drill we've been talking about for a while. You can uh, get started on building your great website by going to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code noobs at checkout and get 15% off of your entire order. And we say that's just for you listeners, but hey, like you said, share it with a friend, share it with a family member because sharing is caring, right? <laughs> Guys, let's head on to the checklist. The creature of the week, this was great. The way the Wikia listed the creature of the week was 79B Aikman Road. <laughs> how is that the The creature of the week was the apartment upstairs. Is, so is how it's listed on, they, on they the They listed the home address. Yeah. Yes. And that was the creature. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't really, it, you know, creature of the week, baddie of the week. We've kind of gone back and forth about this. This was a, let's, what, AI system? Yeah. Like I mean, there was no really living road. thing yeah. here. So this was more of a baddie, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, because it was our, looking for a living thing. So that's right. It yeah, was a pilot. pilot. Yeah. I love the line. Uh, Seventeen pilots have been tested. Six billion four hundred thousand twenty six remain. <laughs> I like, know. Okay, so we're just uh, gonna go through every person on the planet. Like I'm we'll not find sure a pilot. How you're getting the people that are in like South Florida and Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like you're gonna get them across all, so. the world. That's right. That's right. They're just gonna lure them all in uh, here and there under bad CGI. I don't know. Did we? Uh, was I, I would say maybe the electricity effect that sucked them oh, to, yeah, the, that wasn't to the thing great. was kind of uh-huh. lame. I did think though the um, the 
the house turning into the I was ship say, was, the, was, was not that bad. Filter cutting yeah, off, that, that was, was really pretty good. good. Yeah. And I, I don't know if the ship was CGI or a practical uh-huh. effect, like a model that they then, you know, dropped into that scene. I don't know. Uh, that Either way, that means it was good. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they, the whole time they were shooting a building and then they switched the building to erase it and... I, that, that's been my question is, were they shooting a two-story building that they erased the top level of? Or were they shooting a one-story building that they CGI'd on the top story? Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of looks like they... Because they only use the one story like a tiny bit. So I'd assume it was the two-story building most of the time. And, and not only that, if you look at the rest of the houses on that row, it's, they're all two-story. Yeah, stories. they're all yeah. two-story. So I'm just so. imagining that that's what it is. So um, almost a little bit of a plot hole there. Like, why is that one place, one story? But eh, whatever. <laughs> moving, moving right along. Uh, we had a Geronimo. Yes. Yeah. From Craig. From Craig. <laughs> so I'm going to count this, though, because the only reason he said it, he said it after the headbutt mind meld. Oh. So yeah. that's why he said it in my mind. So I'm gonna we're gonna count that. That brings our running count up to four. So uh, if you guys remember, Fantastic was was one that was a late bloomer as well. I don't remember if Geronimo <laughs> gets said it. Hey, I don't. I I I feel like this may have been a catchphrase that died, uh, like they 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 threw out there because it's just kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Alonzi was weird, and then it becomes this triumphant moment of you know a word that brings hope in Alonzi. times of sorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what would that be? Um, So, and and this was probably the best use of Geronimo. Because, I mean, you know, like when when he first said it um, at the end of the end of time, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's crashing the TARDIS and he says Geronimo, it's kind of like, what? What? (laughs) He was just falling out of the sky. Uh, But this one, he was like, uh, what was it? He, He was like, is it safe? Yes. Am I going to die? No. Was that a lie? Of course it was a lie. <laughs> it was good enough for me, Geronimo. And like, you know, like that's what that word is for is like we're jumping in and going to see what happens. Um, we had quite a bit of uh, jiggery pokery that we made notes of. Um, the Sonic, uh, we have an anti-jiggery pokery this week because he said no Sonicking this time. Mm-hmm. He is not allowed to use the Sonic. The one time that he tried to use the Sonic, he accidentally grabbed Craig's toothbrush. toothbrush. <laughs> um, no Sonicking this Weird time. personal note, I owned that exact uh, <laughs> electric toothbrush a couple of years ago. So nice. that was, it was interesting seeing that old friend. Uh, the TARDIS I thought was interesting. The doctor says, keep the zigzag plotter on four. And which was just a stick shift, which was amazing. Yeah. 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 It was this, it, like not, but not even uh, like a real stick shift, like one from like an Atari. In the <laughs> but the thing yeah. is he said n- nine, put it on nine and she shifted it around. Where was nine? <laughs> yeah, there's like six it landed, on there. It landed um, at the same place actually, where four was. Um, he said four. Oh. He's gonna point that out. Did oh. he say nine later? He said four, and then he said nine. I think. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. I yeah. he, oh, you know what? I think you're right. But here's here's what I the, the note that I made was apparently it matters where you're standing when you work the controls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because he told her put it oh, on four. She put it on four. And nothing happened, and he says you're standing with the door to your back. Yes. Take two steps to your right and do it again. She <laughs> step step does it again. Then it worked. Um. Uh, okay. So. Uh, that, there you go. The TARDIS controls are location dependent. You have to be not only working the right <laughs> control, you have to be standing in the right place. Apparently. Which which makes me wonder because there are times where he'll like lean over the control panel to grab something. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the psychic paper, I thought, um, <coughs> I'm not sure if we've seen something exactly like this before, but I've made a note of it. 
he was leading the witness a little bit. What is the okay? What is the basic idea of the psychic paper? What do you see? What you want to see, or right. something like that. Yeah. Right. You see what it is you want to see, which is why they always end up with like the most amazing credentials, you know. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were the king of France. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that kind of thing. Uh, except for Rory was uh, Amy's eunuch. Oh, poor Rory. But um, <laughs> lowly servant. But uh, in this case, he holds it up. And I, and I can't remember what it was. He's like, here, um, NIH number, and then switches it behind his back, holds it up with his other hand and says, mm-hmm. uh, you know, passport, and then switches it again and says, uh, references. Mm-hmm. And then he says, is that a reference from the Archbishop of Canterbury? By the way, that's like the Pope of Britain. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, and he says, yes, I'm one of his favorites, you know. But what, what's funny is he is telling him, what to look for yeah. on the card, right? Yeah. So, and, it's like, and, here's my ID, here's my passport, here's my Exactly. Record. This so, is what this is. Now see it how you want to from there. To whatever extent you need to. And, and we've seen him do things like this before where he'll hold it up and say, I'm from the ministry of such and such, right? Mm-hmm. Or he'll say, here's my references. So, it, it, but we've never, I don't so remember. So he's guiding it along instead of. Exactly. Oh, Free popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, just holds it up. It was so random. I don't, no, I love, I, I, no, I absolutely love that trip. So what you're saying is, there's a, there is a, there is a scenario in which the doctor is trying to get in somewhere and they say, who are you? He holds up the psychic paper without saying anything and <laughs> they go, is that ball. a two for one coupon at Krispy Kreme? <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, sorry. Just hides it behind his back. Here, this is what you need. It's like, right. oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> right. And why is it but in I, a I, pocketbook? <laughs> Do you always carry your coupons around in that flashy little wallet? <laughs> so I don't know that we've ever seen an instance where they did exact, where he did that. Like use the psychic paper to be different things mm-hmm. all at one time. Yeah. So I thought that yeah. was that was a neat expansion on on the psychic paper. I did think way. it was a little weird how he like switched hands. He could have just gone behind his back and held it up in the same hand again. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like just a little. He's bit trying to mess with him a bit more so that it yeah. works even better. Right. And and again, you know, tying into we we had the. Uh, the next thing under the random degree pokery was the perception filter. Um, again, this idea of the psychic technology in the universe, I just love it because um, you you could see it as a hacky way of just hand-waving things away. Like, because you, you know Craig asked the question that the fans were going to ask, right? What do you mean? There's always been a second story here. And he goes, was there? And he goes, yeah, there was. But, well, I don't. Maybe not. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, he addresses the question of, okay, if that ship, how long has that ship been there? Because wouldn't you be walking down the street and realize all of a sudden that the one story building is now two stories? And the doctor says, yeah, well, it messes not only with your perception and your brain, but your memory too. So a perception filter can not only alter what you see and perceive or even hear, mm-hmm. it can also, it also conforms your memories so that the 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 filter uh, so that the the deception still works right mm-hmm. just like when people are walking by and the two story building just went back to being one story the doctor's like yeah perception filter but he cut just off the works. perception filter which is why you could see the spaceship mm-hmm. right so memory if, so if the perception filter is the thing that's messing with your memories then when it gets cut off your memories revert and all you remember is there was a one story house now there's still a one story house 
I'm going to just keep walking my, pushing my baby in the stroller or whatever it was that was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I, I, just, I love that idea of the psychic technology where, again, it could come off as hacky and saying, this is just lazy writing. I think it's kind of yeah. cool where they, uh-huh. they address mm-hmm. those issues. Why could, why could we see the fangs? For the vampires in Venice, remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, the subconscious mind, you know, they, they worked that, it into the story. That doesn't make sense, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Are you a fan or not? No. I was confused, I, I, though. You're not a true fan. <laughs> I was confused, <laughs> though, by the stairs, because that means that the perception filter was creating so physical stairs for them to walk onto and to get up to that thing. I, I did notice that do? there was never a point after the perception filter disappeared, there was never a point where we saw that hallway again. Where they like were hardly in the house again. Uh, we were in the house, but they were just in Craig's room. Mm-hmm. Just in his yeah. living room. And so, what happened yeah, to the stairs? I did notice that. So, um, Also, jiggery-pokery, random jiggery-pokery. We've kind of mentioned it before. Uh, we had the headbutt mind meld. So a bit different than normal. Uh, a little bit more aggressive. I guess if you have to share a lot of information <gasps> really fast, you just... Okay. Bam! I love it. It goes, all right, right, general information. Whap! <laughs> yeah. like, okay, specific details. Whap! <laughs> and, all right. And he's like so surprised by all the knowledge in his head that he, he doesn't even mind the fact that he just got head-butted to share information. He's like, so much new stuff. What I, and then both of them at the end were like, oh, how? Oh. Yeah, and he's never like, I'm never again. doing that again. What I absolutely love, though, about the about that mind meld is that there is no rejection of the knowledge, right? Craig goes mm-hmm. from knowing nothing to knowing way, like probably more about the doctor than his companions know. Like he's <laughs> like, I've been inside your head, remember? Like most humans or right. people and he anywhere. just accepts it. I know. Right? The closest we get to any sort of freak out about the actual transfer of information is when he goes... Uh, he starts talking to Amy and Craig goes, like, that's Amy Pond. And he kind of like slaps himself on the head. Like, I know that. Why do I know that? You know, but other than that, it's just this full on acceptance, even down to uh, when he knows that the doctor's lying, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Is this safe? Is it going to work? Is that a lie? Good enough for me. Right. You know, like even though the doctor's lying to me, I know that I can trust him because I've been inside of his head. Yeah. So that was, I think that might be the best uh, mind meld that we've had both in physical form and the actual <laughs> results of it. That headbutt, man, it's so violent. <laughs> and like, I, I love, it's like he is, it's, it's like he's using the force of his headbutt to like jam the information into his. Into his yeah. Brain, like, why you know? can't my geography teacher do that? And <laughs> I just know everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we call up Betsy DeVos. We got a new, uh, we got a new education concept here. We're gonna, we're gonna start putting uh, all of this right on into the school curriculum. We're gonna forget all the books. We're gonna save so much money. Just start headbutting the children. Uh, Jibberty Jabberty, Corbin, Corbin, did you want to go over this first Jibberty Jabberty? Oh, uh, <laughs> so, all right. So what what is this? Because this isn't this is a different Jibberty Jabberty, right? Yes, this is a techno battle. Um, so somehow the doctor knows that uh, Craig is listening to them through the walls. He's like, oh, to them it's just gibberish. And then he rattles off, practical eruption in chicken, Descartes Lombardi spiral, that just okay, so no, made to be gibberish. Now here, So here's what's happening is he's using a type of perception filter. He's got, he's got the, the communication from his little earbud thing to mm-hmm. Amy. He's got it set to scramble. 
right? So what he says is anyone who's overhearing us right now, and that would mean both anyone intercepting the the digital communication or anybody hearing me talking right now is just hearing gibberish. Then the camera cuts to the other side of the wall where Craig is listening and what he hears the doctor saying instead of all of that is practical eruption in chicken Descartes Lombardi spiral. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so <laughs> later on we did, we had some old school jibberty jabberty where he, uh, the, uh, Craig is like passed out on the, on the couch or whatever. Uh, the doctor says we've got to reverse the enzyme decay and excite the tannin molecules. So uh. that means throw some garbage in a tea kettle um, and um, pour it down his gullet. Did y'all notice the, uh, did y'all notice the color of that stuff as it was dribbling out of Craig's mouth? It's just like, what did they use on set that day? Just like green, brown, puke, like not fun, not good. Nasty, nasty stuff. All right. um, Nothing specific about the Pandorica this week. Uh, We haven't really had a whole lot of, of anything about the Pandorica, have we? This no. whole season, like he, the the, the uh, prisoner zero said, the Pandorica will open and silence Sounds will fall. But other that's than kind that, of, that's all we have on the Pandorica and silence will fall. Nope, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, River mentioned it. River yeah. said that oh, you'll yeah. see me again when the Pandorica opens. So that, but other than that, we haven't had a whole lot of mentions and lead ups to it. Um, I don't remember if we've had anything about the silence in a while, but we didn't have anything this week. We did have the crack. We had a, uh, a crack sighting. It was behind the fridge in the apartment. So again, it's one of those things where it was there the whole time. And uh. just nobody could see it because in one episode, the TARDIS was parked in front of it. And this episode, it was behind the fridge. So it was mostly obscured by the trash can. The trash can, I am now remembering where the doctor reached in and pulled crap out of. Mm-hmm. So how did he Now I want to go crack? back to that scene and see if the crack was actually there. I huh. doubt it. I desperately, oh, I desperately want to go do that Because at the end of the episode, it's like, the crack is there, and then it opens up like it just formed or something. Yeah, something like so, that. So. Who knows? All right. Um, and uh, any existential horror? Not really. No. Um, no. No. Not, nothing I can think of. All right, so who's who? Uh, who is Rory, Trip? He did. Okay. <laughs> who's Amelia? Uh, not much on this one. This was a, a companion light episode. She did. Uh, no, she <laughs> is not dead. No, she conveniently set aside for one episode. <laughs> Uh, unlike the last companion light that we had with Donna, uh, where Donna is like on, uh, on the phone with him at the beginning and then they talk at the end and there's nothing in between yeah. this one. We, 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 we cut see. back to Amy, but it's obvious that was all shot yeah. in one day with her in the TARDIS set, you know, like that's all yeah. they had to do to get her done so that she could go on and do other things. Um, so we did have, however, a lot of who is the doctor, because this is a, <laughs> if this was a companion light, this was a doctor heavy oh, episode, very much. Uh, because again, we're seeing the doctor out of his element. So first of all, we have him uh, knocking on the door. Craig had taken out an ad looking for a young professional and some other stuff and blah, blah, blah. And the doctor said he, that he is less of a young professional and more of an ancient amateur. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great way of describing him, which Craig just kind of goes, huh? And then he just, you know, moves, moves on. Uh, Corbin already mentioned here, have some rent. And then he says, is, he hands him a brown paper bag that like you would expect to see a cupcake in uh-huh. or something. And it's here, apparently, as we learn from Sophie later, $3,000 or 3,000 pounds. Um, who knows what the rent was supposed to be, but he hands him 3,000 pounds, says, is that a lot? It seems like a lot. I can never really tell. <laughs> he has no concept of money. It's like, here's $2 billion. <laughs> so, I mean, think about the times we've seen the doctor interact with money. It's yeah. been 
grabbing a credit stick and sticking it in a machine and giving it infinite money mm-hmm. or uh, hijacking an ATM. So it was just spewing money. You know, like we never see the doctor understanding <laughs> money in a Currency real Currency yeah. at all. Yeah, like he understands the, the general concept that you need it, but not anything about how it's valued at all. Also mm-hmm. when – oh, who is that one guy on – the when the Titanic was trashing in to the earth, they like beam, they beamed down. Uh huh. And the which guy? What are we talking about? The guy that gave them like three billion dollars for trinkets. Oh yeah, the, like, the the tour guide or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy that was supposedly the expert on Earth culture. Yeah, and yeah, he gave him three billion pounds a piece or something like that for, <laughs> for trinkets. And, yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> and then he came down to Earth like, oh, just just a couple of dollars. Cause he like got stuck or whatever, and he's like, Oh, it's oh, only right. enough to buy like a couple of trinkets or something. And he's like, dude, that's like three billion dollars. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> and then he like lived there and like bought a mansion on the beach or I something. Forgot, I forgot all about that guy. Boy, there's a guy I'd love to catch back up with. So. That'd be awesome. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, as he's introducing himself, he says, I'm the doctor. Well, they call me the doctor. No idea why. I call <laughs> me the doctor too. Still no idea why. <laughs> Corbin was just head spinning during the whole like first eight minutes of this episode. Because he is. It's just... Uh-huh. All over the place. It's it was like so the first twenty minutes happened in the first eight minutes. <laughs> it's like a child hopped up an orange dye or something. It's like, what? Is, are you okay? He sees he sees the big stain up on the ceiling, and he says, "Oh, what is that? Dry rot? I'm I'm great with dry rot. Call me the rotmeister. No, don't don't call me that. Don't, I'm don't the doctor. <laughs> I know." Um, he says, uh, Craig is talking to him like in that first eight minutes and Craig just starts spilling his guts about everything in his life. And the doctor says, I've just got one of those faces. Everyone blurts out all their plans in front of me, <laughs> which, yeah, that's, I that's totally accurate. Uh, Craig eventually says, anyone told you you're a bit weird? And he says, they never really stop, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just rocking and rolling this whole time. So many great lines. Right. Uh, okay. One of so one of my favorite ones, um, and this is. So I love there's there's the little things that happen like there's uh, stuff that, that happens where like he is trying to be a normal bloke mm-hmm. right so to greet Craig he does the like yeah like, air it's like kiss, on the side of like the he's screen. in 17th century France like, or something it's like that's how you greet people right yeah yeah, 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 yeah that's he, how you he greet literally people. says this is how we greet each other nowadays right you know and Craig's like uh, what and then he does it to. The guy at the football match later on, he and does it to Sophie. Like, uh... He does it to Sophie while he's standing there in a towel, fresh out of the shower. And she's like, what is happening here? Um, and he just, he keeps trying to be a normal guy. And then every now and then the doctor like bleeds through. Like uh-huh. you can't contain the doctor inside of a normal bloke. So uh, the they play the football, they play the, the football match and they win. And the guy says, man, we're playing so-and-so next week. We're going to annihilate him. And the doctor goes, no, no, no violence ever. Do you understand me? I'm the doctor, the oncoming storm. And you basically meant beat them at a football game, didn't you? <laughs> just like, and he realizes what he's like. He's just like, no, no violence. Not ever. I'm the doctor. I'm the oncoming storm. Wait, we're talking about football? I mean, like, <laughs> you can tell he's so not used to new interaction. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just and so many little things. And then there's that bit where he says, oh, look, me with a key, you know, like, because he's got a key to his, uh-huh. his room. Uh, uh-huh, he's, room. he's never had a room before. He's never had a key to it, to a room before. He's never worked in a, what was it? He's never worked in a, 
office. In an office. Whatever. I've never worked in an anywhere. He said. <laughs> like, has he ever even slept? Do they have beds on the TARDIS for him to sleep on? I don't. You know what? And yeah, I mean, the only time we actually see his room, he's got it like. He's got the bed covered in his giant contraption, his non-technology technology. He just drinks 10 pounds of coffee every morning. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm going like, to get you know, How long is a day on, on Gallifrey? Maybe a day is like a week long. So 12. he's used to just being awake for seven days in a row. I don't know. So um, I, I just – I love every bit of the doctor trying to be a normal guy. And I, if I remember correctly, I don't think this is the last time we'll see 11 – doing this kind of thing and I love it every time. <laughs> I think yeah, 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 when we when we meet back up with Craig and Sophie, he's going to mm-hmm. have to do that again, but that this time he's going to have Craig and Sophie already in the loop, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, fun stuff there. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I was thinking back to when Tennant did this, when Tennant had to go be a normal bloke, mm-hmm. he hid himself from himself. Remember that's oh, when he, yeah, he, he trapped his essence in the in the fob watch and became mm-hmm. John Smith. Became a normal bloke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's what he yeah. had to do in order to pull it off. And and just eleven, it's just not going to work. <laughs> like even in even trapped in the key fob, he would probably be bleeding through. So, guys, news in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we're doing, as we say, if if you enjoy your enjoyment even more. <laughs> Because of our show. Uh, we just hope that you'll join in and supporting us. You can join for as little as a dollar a month or go on up as high as you want. There's different tiers and different rewards there. Uh, remember that if you're at least at the $5 a month, you get a shout out on the show each week. So again, thanks to Victor and Jared for that. Join them at patreon.com slash noobs in the Whovian to become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. That brings us down to our classic Who connection. So Jared has a few things to share with us. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. Jared here with your Classic Who connections for the episode, The Lodger. Now, you guys may have already covered this, or it might just be me, but as I was looking through the story notes and and the Doctor Who confidential things that I could find on the episode, and as it was, you know, just basic background stuff, I got the impression that this episode had been in the process of writing for a long time, multiple seasons, perhaps. Uh, certainly back as far as the 10th Doctor, it seemed. Um, I didn't see any dates or anything to confirm that, but that's the impression I got. And so I bring that up because the first point that I want to make, the first connection I want to make, was about uh, what the episode, the original plan, or or an early plan, I should say, for this episode, and, and it's about the baddie. The baddie was originally, or at some point, was going to be the Meglos, uh, which is a classic Who villain uh, or baddie uh, that was with the the fourth Doctor. So the Meglos, he he was a Zerophyte from Zulfathura, and he also caused a time loop with the fourth Doctor and Romana in, in the series called Meglos. And and the reason that he wasn't used was that he was this kind of cactus-looking character, a green monster with uh, spikes all coming out all around him, kind of like spikes on a cactus. And I think, if my impression is right, this episode was being crafted around the time that the Vinvachi uh, were used in the episode The End of Time. That's with, back with the 10th Doctor, you'd remember. That happened and apparently felt like Meglos looked like too close, the Megalos looked too close to uh, 
the to the Vinvachi, and so he should use a different baddie, and so came up with a whole a whole new one. And so anyway, uh, I just thought that was a nice opportunity to mention the Meglos and talk about that. And interesting that they were going to reintroduce a classic villain, but dis- decided against it uh, for that and who knows, maybe other reasons. But moving on to some other actual connections that we saw and were in the episode. So we have a, a showering scene, obviously, with the Doctor and the third Doctor in the serial Spearhead from Space also had a shower scene. And the song that the 11th Doctor was singing in the shower, which is apparently Verdi's La Donna e Mobile, uh, something along those lines, was also sung by the third Doctor in the serial Inferno. Uh, The sixth Doctor loved cats, and it seems like that that love for cats skips a couple generations of doctors because didn't really have a love for cats, or at least wasn't mentioned uh, any specific love for cats with like the 7th, 8th, ninth, or somewhere along the lines. But now the 11th doctor uh, clearly loves them again. The 5th doctor surprised everyone with his impressive cricket skills in the serial Black Orchid, which is much like we saw in this episode, but with his soccer or football, if you're British, skills. And the third doctor also made a machine out of simple, not really mechanical parts. And so he made, the third doctor made, a time flow analog in the serial The Time Monster. And finally, when the doctor finally does go upstairs and he mentions as he enters into what they thought was the second floor but turned out to be the ship uh they see he the doctor says that it looks like someone is trying to build a tardis now the interior this tardis looking interior actually resembles the interior of the seventh slash eighth doctor's tardis from the tv movie doctor who so that movie starts out and you still have the seventh doctor and then during the movie he regenerates into the eighth doctor and the TARDIS there has those, those four pillars, uh, arching pillars that you see in the, in the TARDIS. And the console is kind of similar, too. And I, I definitely think that was uh, at least inspired by it. I don't know if it was like an allusion to it or, or you know, harkening back or anything. But I think it was inspired by that look. Now, what was interesting in that movie is they sort of broke away from years and years of TARDIS interiors looking like uh, uh, definitely um, the control room being something that's that's really just about being the control room, not not anything, not any other purpose. And in the TV movie, you've got a part that's like a library and another part that's like a sitting area. It, it looks like it's just someone plopped the control console in the middle of someone's large great room in their house. So that was an interesting style choice. Uh, but again, this, what we're talking about that's similar is the center part, the, the archways and the console there. And before I get to my rating, uh, I, I would like to say back, going back to uh, Vincent and the Doctor, uh, once again, and the, the Whovian and I have talked about this in between episodes before, but once again, I 
saw the episode. My impression was not that strong on it. Like, not that it was a bad one, but it just didn't didn't hit me as like really great or a favorite. And after listening to the Noobs and the Whovian episode on it, uh, I, I was like, ah, you know, I appreciate that episode more now. I enjoy it more now after hearing uh, the different uh, facts and, and discussions about it and everything. So uh, not enough to throw it off the charts, of course, but maybe at least to give it another like half a point or something. And so I feel like this episode is is kind of a, a similar one of those because I did enjoy this episode. This was it was a strong episode, well acted. I mean, you have some phenomenal actors there, but it also is hard for me this late in the season when you've got the season long story arc heating up and to not have a whole lot of progress on that. So it 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 makes me hold back from uh, probably giving it its full potential in a rating. Again, this was uh, this was a good good episode. I'm gonna give it an even eight eight point fake Tardises or imitation Tardises. And it would would it be Tardises or Tardi? Tardi sounds weird. Tardises is probably better. So eight point fake Tardises. And for the creep level, I mean, the, the unknown upstairs and and the spreading moldy look on the ceiling thing and all that, uh, they did a pretty good job of making that kind of creepy. Uh, like, what's going on? And, and, and you know, you kind of know throughout the episode, people are dying up there, and that's not cool. Nothing too out there, but definitely giving you a creepy sense throughout the episode. So I'm going to give it 175 creep levels. Okay, and that's it. And uh, as always, thank you to the TARDIS Wikia for uh, help with the making those classic Who connections and, and all the uh, information. And thank you to Noobs in the Whovian for making me appreciate Doctor Who episodes even more. And as always, for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time. Awesome. Thanks, Jared, for that. Uh, that brings us down into our overall impressions. Jared gave it 8 out of 10 fake TARDISes. Trippers, what do you got, man? I'm going to go 8.5 because I think this was just a good episode. I'm going to go 8.52 one-story buildings. <laughs> 8.52 two story one-story buildings? Two uh-huh. du- double double tall one-story buildings? <laughs> fake buildings, basically. There you go. Corbin, Corbin what do you got, man? Uh, I thought this was a good one. Um, I mean, it was well written and obviously the doctor was all over the place and I kind of liked it, even though I was very confused as to what was happening. (laughs) So I think I'm going to say 8.5 out of 10, uh, creepy little girls at the top of the stairs. Oh gosh. That was horrible. That was horrible. (laughs) It's not Um, fun. Speaking of horrible, all three of you people are terrible. Uh, (laughs) This was one of the greatest episodes so far. I I think this might be one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, One of my favorite episodes in New Who thus far. This is fantastic. I I laughed so hard. We rewound so much of this episode. I know. uh, Because it it had us just cracking up the whole time. So I am going to give this 9.5 excited tannin molecules. Just to make Corbin remember the garbage juice that he fed crap. Uh, creep levels. Jerry gave it 175. Trip, uh, what do you got for your creep levels out of 500? I think this was definitely just an average episode, so I'm just going to go 150. Let's just go with that. Okay. Average is 150. Sure. Yeah. All right, Corbin? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go 150 also, but I still think the flickering lights and the mm-hmm. little that's, girl at the top of the stairs the were, mm-hmm. they were pretty creepy. 
Yeah, I did not I, like that. I'm going to say the fact that the the hologram AI thing never came out of the shadows was always in oh, shadows. You, like, even could when it was never see his face, you could never see. Right, even when the doctor was talking to it and it was standing in the light, it was, it in, was shadow. in shadow. Mm-hmm. You can't see it at all. Creepy, freaky. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm going to say that. Yeah, the flickering lights, uh, the people screaming while it's all happening. The oh yeah, that was good. bumps in the night from the from the floor above us. All of those things. I'm going to give it about a about a 200. Mm. It wasn't you know anything like jump scare or anything like that. Yeah. But you uh, know, they never explained so, those bumps. That like was that like the dead bodies of the people <laughs> falling on the probably, floor? Like yeah, what? Probably exactly. Plus, we only ever saw one skeleton. Yeah, on the floor. Weird. Yeah, so and it wasn't even like a skeleton. It was just like a desiccated body. That was actually the pilot. That was that was oh. one of the aliens from the yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. So they got so all <laughs> the so the seven people that were there just got disintegrated, yeah. and those were uh, and the other seventeen the were just the doctor did say they got burned up. So yeah, maybe so. he meant that literally. <laughs> you know. Uh, so that brings us down to our theories. Uh, did we have anything that we want to address the theories in light of this episode? I mean, I don't know. No. There's nothing Again, new. crack behind the fridge and it's nothing else, really. Yeah, and the doctor yeah. didn't even see it this time, so mm-hmm. he couldn't comment on it. It was just, hey guys, remember the crack? Because uh, so we haven't yeah. shown it for several episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was just one, wasn't it? I don't no, remember. No, it was like it was, three. Was it? I feel like there were a two, few episodes. I think it's two stories, but like three episodes. Gotcha. Okay. Well, <clears throat> so uh, no no adjustments to make there. Uh, but uh, next week, guys, it is the um, it's the series finale. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Listener input. Uh, we didn't have any uh, new reviews here. So just a, a reminder again that we are looking for new reviews each month so that we can have a new one for every month in uh, 2019. So if your birthday is in October, you're up. It's your turn. We'd love to have a review from you. Wherever you leave that, uh, shoot us an email if you would and let us know. Um, if you if you don't have time for that, if you just get on there and review, we now have a service that is monitoring our reviews and hopefully will let us know. Uh, but if you leave it somewhere uh, obscure, maybe just give us a shout on Facebook or on email or whatnot. So as I said, we are almost through Series 5. Next week, guys, we've got a two-parter and that's it. That is the end of series five. I feel like mm-hmm. we just got started with eleven. Yeah, like that's and probably because we didn't do like them. a ton of bonus episodes, like you know, random wibbly wobblies and classic who's in this one. Uh, no, we did it. We did a timey wimey. We did it. And we're going to do a classic we're at the end. We did a few, but yeah. I think not part of it, nearly as many. Well, last season we, we we had to spend all that time stalling. Yeah, and so it took us forever to get through season four. Mm-hmm. Season five, we're just like. Let's go, man. Yeah. So what that means, though, is that uh, we've got a, a two-parter series finale next week, so make sure you watch both of those episodes. And then that's it, and we are headed off into – we've got two specials coming up. So we'll have a special jared Sode where he's going to do a .5 episode for us that is going to prime us for the Classic Who, Re- Classic Who Rewind featuring the third Doctor story – the terror of the autons. So I cannot wait for the, that. Yeah. It just sounds amazing. The yeah. terror of the autons. I'm so that'll be the next episode that, that we do after the series finale mm-hmm. will be the classic who rewind. Uh, Jared will, will get us ready for that. But just to let you know, that'll be season eight episodes one through four. And so it's the, the first story, the first serial of season eight. Uh, again, this is our third doctor Classic Who Rewind. And as a reminder, you can find all of the Classic Who seasons that are available on Amazon Prime Video with a BritBox subscription. So we'll have a link uh, down in the full show notes over at noobsinthehoovian.com. If you'll click on that, and there's there's a bunch of 
links all over the site, but we'll specifically put it in the show notes here as well. So if you click on that BritBox ad, you'll go over, it'll take you there so you can sign up. I think it's like six or $7 a month and you'll have access to all kinds of BBC content there. And if you do that through our link, it helps us out. We get a little bit of of a uh, kick, uh, what is it, a commission on that. So that'll help us out, uh, help you support us. So then we get to have Christmas in November as we cover the 2010 Christmas episode called A Christmas Carol. Um, so just as a reminder, the Christmas episodes are now separate, kind of like the David Tennant specials were their own thing on Amazon Prime. So you have to search out Doctor Who Christmas specials um, or you can use our link that uh, will be on the show notes and that'll just take you directly to uh, to that. And there are several seasons. So we're going to be doing season one, the 2010 Christmas episode, A Christmas Carol. And um, as we head into the holidays, we may also be covering A Christmas Carol, the actual A Christmas Carol mm-hmm. as our timing wimey. So yeah. um, I thought that was, that was a fun little uh, follow-up on that. So make sure you join us next time as we discuss series five, Episodes 12 and 13, The Pandorica Opens, and The Big Bang. Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. That would be me. I'm Trip. Our production editor is this other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks, as always, to TARDIS.Wakia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection, and shout-outs to Jared and to Victor for their Patreon support. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian. Email us at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us along with Jared and Victor at patreon.com slash noobsinthehoovian and get your full show notes and everything else at noobsinthehoovian.com. Wherever you find us, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a a review and a rating. Share us with your friends, not because we watch a great show, but because what? I said it wrong. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Blasphemy! Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip.